Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Cricket Podcast. I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, and Ross Legg. How are you doing, Ross? Did you have a Merry Christmas? Yeah, hi Jack. Um, you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Um, spent watching the cricket actually, so it was great that uh, cricket's on the other side of the world. So uh, it's not—you don't have to live. You don't, you don't have to spend too much time with your family. You can sit and enjoy the cricket and be a little bit pissed. It's quite good. How about you? Oh uh, yes, yeah, it, similarly. It's um, it's probably the one time of the year where it's it's you can catch a reasonable amount of the cricket that goes on down under and not have to worry about uh, it compromising work performance and, and so on so you can uh, you can watch you can watch a whole session um safe in the knowledge that you can sleep until midday the next day um and that's what we'll be talking about today there 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 are three boxing day tests that took place uh, and have now concluded um in the first one india overcame australia in the second new zealand bested pakistan and in the third south africa crushed Sri Lanka. Um, Ross, you said you enjoyed the cricket. Was there a particular test that uh, stood out to you of those three? Uh, I just thought there was uh, some good individual performances that no doubt we'll, we'll talk about, but it was nice to see that the evergreen Faf de Plessis smashed, smashed around some pie chuckers. Uh, Kane Williamson <laughs> just showed, again, that he's just different gravy compared to everybody else. Um, and I think the India-Australia one is always good to kind of wake up to um, and follow around because it's not England getting smashed and also it's not Australia smashing someone. So it's a, it's a good mixture at the moment, I think. Yeah, I thought they were they were three reasonably interesting games. Um, in addition to that, the ICC have provided us with some free content. Um, they've released their various best of the decade awards. So in the the final part of the show, we'll be taking a look over them and um, saying where we disagree. Before we get into all of that, though, Ross, the first question of this week is: What is your New Year's resolution? Yeah, in, in just in in cricket terms, or just in general? Well, let, let's have both. I, I assumed that as a member of the cricket podcast and as a member of I Don't Like Cricket Club, your life would be um, more or less solely focused at this point on cricket. Uh, so I didn't think I needed to make that distinction. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I think my news get obviously get an IDLCC tattoo. That's that's number one on the list. <laughs> Um, get that done straight out of the bat. A cricket podcast on the other sh- on the other uh, on the other bicep, just to show where my allegiance truly lies. Um, well, that's good. It's also it's free advertising for the show, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we can convince Max to get the cricket podcast on his face somewhere, and we'll see if we we'll see what that can do there. Uh, in terms of the cricket New Year's resolution, um, I think I'm probably going to put a pin in bowling. I think I think I'm going to actually try and just do some more wicket keeping. Um, I think for the IDLCC. Oh. Um, I think it's something that we need as a team, and I think we, my 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 bowling is uh, not something we need as a team. So, uh, 
Um, yeah, for people who don't know, I, I, IDLCC is I Don't Like Cricket Club, which is, uh, well, in a sense, the the cricket team of the podcast. We play about 10, 15 games a summer um, and we're not very good. Uh, uh, and we're, and we're, we're particularly bad at wicketkeeping, so so that's good news. Ross, Ross can play a bit, so that's um, it's it's good that someone with coordination will be behind the stumps. Um, my New Year's resolution, uh, I, I I I think to to play some cricket. That's that's one to make sure that we we have some games, make sure they're fun. Um, and I, to be honest, is, the whole isn't a New Year's the whole resolution. concept of isn't a New Year's resolution to do something you haven't been doing beforehand. <laughs> so you've just said to organise some cricket, which is definitely your job. And then two, two is to make sure it's enjoyable. Is also your job already. And I think uh, some people would say they enjoy cricket, really. Um, well, you know, it's uh, stick to what you're good at. <laughs> New Year's um, resolution, I, I, more more of the same. Yeah, I, don't, I think the whole concept of a New Year's resolution is is stupid. There you go. That's my true thoughts. Um, maybe I'll um, maybe I'll write some more about cricket. I did that a couple of times last year, and maybe I'll do some more. Lovely. Uh, right, Ross. Is there anything we need to tell our listeners? Yes, dear valued listener, uh, you should follow us on all social media, which is on Instagram and Twitter. We don't have Facebook um, at the Cricket Pod, and also subscribe, follow, review if you'd like on iTunes and any podcast platform that you listen to us on. Yeah, we did have another good, another five-star review came in this week um, from Dylan Lenny, wishing us a happy 2021. So a happy 2021 to you too, sir. Um, the other thing we should mention, you can go back and listen to our, our quiz of the year, if you want, on, on last week's Christmas special. Um, and we had Jared Kimber on the week before that. So if you haven't had enough cricket podcasts by the end of this show... Uh, our last two episodes have got chunks of the of the episode which are basically timeless. They'll yeah. be good tomorrow. They'll be good next week. They'll be good next year. Uh, <laughs> if that's your bag, and we'll even sell it to the ICC in a decade's time. We're going. Oh, could we could we have a 2020 quiz? Oh, the cricket podcast have got one for you. Right, we'll take a short break and then we will be back with Australia v India. South Africa have made a real mess of this. And Donald Trump and Australia are in the final. The match has been tied. What a mix up. South Africa despair. Unbelievable. How on earth did South Africa make a mess of that? Darcy had been given a message of 2 to 9. Yes, it's Australia versus India. And after India were bowled out for their lowest ever test total of 36 the week before, um, it was time for India to step up and uh, try and avoid a whitewash. Um, with Virat Kohli being absent, um, Aussies with the wind in their sails, uh, this was the crunch match. If they lose it here, then 4 0 is definitely going to happen. Um, I was reading an article in The Guardian by Jeff Lemon who said that Coley was swapping his teammates for a newborn baby, presumably thinking it had less chance of shitting itself, which I thought was quite an apt, <laughs> quite an apt way of discussing this India team. Um, but the opposite happened here. Um, Rahane stepped up as the skipper and has taken quite a lot of the plaudits, actually, in what was a pretty staggering victory, um, especially as Australia won the toss and chose to bat. Um, Jack, did you catch any of the cricket at all? Any, any of the highlights? Yeah, I'm, well, mainly what I did, uh, I think I watched the first session of um, three of the days um, and, and, and picked up most of the highlights. I... I, I I was surprised. I was quite surprised. I think last week, um, and maybe even the week before, I said this was going to be four nil to Australia. Um, we went through all the reasons why India would be weaker this week. They're, they'd a debutant bowler. Uh, their best batsman had gone home. We thought David Warner was coming back for Australia. Um, Warner obviously didn't come back, but but still, um, the captain and best batsman gone. The only batsman on their team who I think averages more than thirty five away from home. Uh, a big, a big loss, and um, and, the, and they deliver the turnaround. I mean, if the ICC had waited just one more week, they could have had the the turnaround <laughs> match of the of the decade, and this this could have been a contender because they 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 really they really got off the canvas after posting 
well, the worst score by a major cricketing nation in 55 years or 65 years or something like that um, to to come back and uh, and win comfortably, really. Um, I think they they controlled the whole game. I was I was I was going to say those exact words. They controlled it and they outplayed Australia in every facet of the game. They fielded better, they batted better, they bowled better, um, and it was quite interesting where. The how different the captaincy styles were from Rahane to Kohli, and I think in India, Indian cricket, I think in any actually in, in any cricket, when it comes to captaincy, there's always the overhang of anyone you're replacing, so that you're kind of always judged against those standards. So Kohli's quite an intense character; he's very competitive, very very fiery, um, and people potentially might have wanted to see that from Rahane, but actually they saw a completely different side. He was he was he was. He was a very attacking um, captain. He was very calm, very collected, and I thought he did extremely well. Um, when they lost the toss, I mean, le- lesser lesser teams have uh, definitely crumbled after going. Oh no, we're gonna have to bowl out here for two and a half days. Watch Australia hit four hundred <laughs> against us, maybe five hundred. Um, but here, attacking straight away, a great use of the leg slip and the leg gully to get rid of um, Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne, um, and then comes out to bat. Registers 112 runs to get them a, a pretty substantial lead, um, and all of a sudden they're in complete control. But this is without Mohammed Shami, Ishant Sharma, um, Bhuvaneshwar mm-hmm. Kumar. They, they've Rohit got Rohit Sharma. Yeah, Ro, they, they, it's a depleted India side. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a depleted India side, and they were they were led fantastically. Um, what I did find interesting was. They must have listened to the podcast, the India selectors, because they changed the lineup. They got rid of Ridham in Saha. They got rid of um, Privdi Shaw. In comes Shrubman Gill, who batted fantastically on debut. I think it was 35 and 45 that he got, both not out. Um, Yadav went down injured three overs into the second innings, and that's almost a death sentence in, in, in some some games. And yet um, Jadeja bowled fantastically and Ashwin bowled fantastically, along with Siraj. Yeah, no, I think um, basically they're all good points. Um, Rahani, Rahani had the the best game by an away captain in Australia, and probably the best day by an away captain in Australia since Andrew Strauss in two thousand and ten, when when England bowled out um, Australia for what ninety five at the MCG as well, and then uh, and then Strauss came out to bat and, and scored loads of runs. Um, it it. It, it was it was a, it was a complete captain's performance, and I think you just look at the pace that Australia scored. I think in both innings they scored at two or less than two and over, and they basically could not get going. Um, and and that a large part of that is the is the use of the bowlers, particularly Ashwin, who, who bowled about five thousand overs in that match um, for, for for about one and over. Um, Jadeja as well. Uh, we we should mention a couple of things with Jadeja. Jadeja obviously ran out um, Rahani on in the first innings. Uh, if that had been Kohli, Kohli would have gone ballistic. <laughs> I think at that point. But Rahani he taps or tapped Jadeja on the shoulder and sort of said, "Carry on, keep going. Uh, you're batting well." Uh, Jadeja scored a few more runs, but I mean, India were eventually rolled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kind of set the tone for a, for a more inclusive India side there. Um, Jadeja himself, uh, ever since Stan J. Mandraker called him a bits and pieces player, has has basically been the best all format all rounder in the world. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously responding to adversity pretty well there. I think I think at this point in his career, he is the sixth best all rounder ever if you look at run differential as the the indicator which is what a lot of people do um so so how much higher is his batting average than his bowling average um i i, I think he sits the sixth of that there there's probably some reasons why he isn't the sixth best all-rounder of all time mm-hmm. um but he's he's clearly good clearly clearly good and clearly having good series um australia what, where do you think it went wrong for them ross well, uh, Steve Smith has got to be a worry for them. After hitting back-to-back centuries of, what is it, 52 balls, I think it was, or 62 balls uh, in the ODI series, you kind of thought, oh no, they're going to be up against Steve Smith, who is ICC's kind of golden boy when it comes to test cricket. Um, and yet he scored 10 runs in four innings. Um, I don't think Travis Head is actually a test quality player. They they keep on picking him and they might be because they don't have anyone else. But he just He's got a little seem... bit of James Vince to him, I think, Travis Head. He he looks the part but but keeps getting out 
to balls that are four foot wide of a stump. <laughs> you don't really need to play it in Test cricket. I mean, in in in, in at a lower level when the ball's eighty miles an hour or it's not going to move or do anything unexpected, you can kind of dangle your bat out there and it's probably four runs. But mm. um, weirdly, you can't do that in Test cricket, even though it, it is a bad ball. It's a bad ball because it's it's not threatening. It's not a bad ball because you can punish it. Um, yeah. In my opinion, anyway, and I, no, I, no, I think I, that's I think a problem right. for him. No, I think I think I think you're right, and it's it's that bit where how many opportunities do you get to bat at six and it's bat at five, get starts, and then not cash in. Australia in these bits, you need to go on and be hitting 100, 150 to kind of cement that place. Um, I was impressed with Cameron Green, um, who actually looks looks pretty decent, um, but at the top of the order, that's where their main issue is, right? The Matthew Wade stepping yeah. in. Um, You've got Burns, who can't really buy a run. He, he hit a fifty when they were chasing thirty-six with no pressures on. Well, well, well done, mate. But you've also got no. You got I think in his last eight innings, he's got seven single-digit scores. Um, David Warner is going to come back, which is good news for Australia. Um, uh, so is the guy who loves to be concussed, Bukowski. Is that his name? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Will Pukowski or Pukowski, uh, I think. Is Pukowski. Um, but what, I think one of their major issues is that Matthew Wade is a complete dickhead, actually. <laughs> um, and I mean, Australians might like him, but I think um, he, I, I really like Rishabh Pant. Big fan of Rishabh Pant. Um, and I, I like the I like the the battle between players. But Wade, did you, if, did you see him? He was caught on the stump mic just having a go at Rishabh Pant. Do you see this? Yeah, I did. I didn't really pick up what he was saying. I couldn't hear that. So he, um, he so he was said he said that um, oh it was he's saying that Pant's a bit big headed and he liked the fact that Pant was kind of up on the big screen at the MCG and he was like mate why don't you concentrate on your cricket instead of looking at yourself on the fucking big screen and was just kind of giving it to him I don't if I like the I like that side of things I always enjoy that stuff um, but what you can't then do is miss a spin delivery from Ashwin kind of what goes past him he loses in bat loses in balance and then almost half squares up to Pant, Pant yeah that was weird Pant doesn't even bat an eyelid just starts laughing at him Wade gets increasingly annoyed and then gets out for forty uh, Matthew Wade you're not good enough to give that kind of chat mate go back down the order and uh, sort yourself out that's what I was going to say yeah. to that. <laughs> Yeah, why? Well, I, I don't think he will be though. I mean, I, I, I think Will Pukowski because he's got a concussion and it's his tenth concussion. I'm not sure he'll be back for the next test. So I think it might be Wade and Warner um, opening again, and they'll probably not be able to get rid of Travis Head. Do you reckon, um, do you reckon that would be the smallest opening partner or the most diminutive opening partnership <laughs> of all time? The the, uh, the, the, the the small man syndrome coming out of that change room is going to be pretty fierce. Um, I think away from the individuals. Their big thing here is obviously the the batting. Their bowling unit is fine. There is nothing wrong with Australia's yeah. bowling unit. But even the best bowling units in the world are going to struggle to defend 195 and 200 at the MCG. They're just it's just gonna, yeah. it's too easy. Yeah, yeah. No, you need you need at least. I mean, if you're at the MCG, you need at least one score of 400 to be in the game. I think. Um, and if if both your scores don't add up to 400, you're almost certainly going to lose. Um, that that cricket match. Um, uh, looking forward to the next two tests then, because um, I'm not sure there's much left to talk about in that one. We we, we think it's probably the end of Burns, don't we? Yeah. Um, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's great for the test series. If we went two to Australia, you'd just say, "Oh no, they're gonna, it's going to be a horrible, horrible thing." But actually, the series is alive. It's fantastic. Rohit Sharma yeah. is coming back, I think, for the third test. We we think so, yeah. So looking forward to the next test. It, it, it's in Sydney. Uh, Sydney obviously had a COVID outbreak this week, and there were there was was some questions about whether the third test would be played um, in Melbourne again. But I think the the Australian government this morning, or UK this morning, said that it, that it was okay for for the match to go ahead in Sydney and for there to be crowds, which is good. Um, what? Do you expect to happen? So we did. We definitely did not expect India to bounce back and, and comprehensively beat Australia. Um, do we think that they they can do that again, or will will Australia is it Australia's turn for a comeback? So am, am I right in saying that the MCG kind of offers a bit more for the spin bowlers compared to the other other pitches? Um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. My my feelings about the MCG it's it's the worst pitch in Australia mm. it's just flat and dull and, and a little bit lifeless this wasn't as bad as it has been sometimes but the it was still obviously quite hard to score runs out there I think that the SCG is normally the one that spins a little bit more but again because of 
climate change and because there's so many dropping pitches in Australia now, it's hard harder than I think it used to be to, to look back and um, and say that's the pitch that spins and that's the pitch that seems. Fair uh, enough. I mean, like, yeah, broadly speaking, Adelaide moves around a little bit. Mm-hmm. MCG's flat, SCG spins, and Perth is bouncy. Well, I, th- I think that uh, India are definitely not going to pick three spinners, but I do think they'll pick Jadeja and Ashwin. You, I don't think you can drop Jadeja. His runs are too valuable, and he, he, he provides a level of control. Ashwin is just Ashwin. He is he is at the top of his game, one of the best spinners of all time, and he's great to have in that team. Um, I think India, the the bit where I'm a little bit worried for them is how much energy have they got in the tank? For how much fuel have they got in the tank for their fast bowlers? Like Bumrah is going to have to take quite a lot of the load on. Siraj is brand new to Test cricket. Um, you, uh, Yadav's probably going to be out. You don't. You kind of don't not bowl in the second inning. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm not sure if Ishant is going to be fit enough to play the third test. So, I don't think so. I've not heard anything that suggests he will, no. apart from people on Twitter sort of begging for him to come back, <laughs> which which is not usually not usually a great a great source of information. Um, mm. So yeah, so you think so? Uh, bearing that in mind, do you think it'll, it, Australia will have an easier time of it in Sydney, and you expect them to do well? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think with Warner coming back, I think it's a huge, huge bonus for them. Um, I think uh, yeah, if, if, doesn't really, I think sooner rather than later, Steve Smith's going to hit some runs, um, and Marner Slabbershane. That's is... usually what happens with Steve Smith, isn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Doesn't tend to have extended dry spells. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I would be stunned if he finished the series averaging two or whatever he's averaging at the moment. Yeah, so I, th- I think, um, but it's, it's cricket's a weird thing, right? Momentum definitely does exist on this, um, but Australia didn't use it at all for uh, their, their thing. India really did bounce back, so uh, it's a funny old game. Um, I look forward to look forward to the next one, but I think uh, if Rohit Sharma is back, that is a huge that is a huge boost. That, that, Potentially, you get a hundred runs there, more than likely in, but probably over two innings. Um, yeah, it'd be really interesting. I think Australia though are going to be too powerful for them. I think they're going to their bowling unit will come to the, come to the front, and uh, it will probably out bowl India's. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd generally reflect that. I think um, it was a great performance by India in in Melbourne, um, but I don't know what the chances of them all being able to repeat that caliber of performance are again in Sydney and again maybe one more time um, I, I think so much went right uh, so Steve Smith got no runs Labuschagne got basically no runs they had Joe Burns opening the batting like those three factors alone are, are probably going to change um, like <laughs> Warner's a huge upgrade on Burns you got like we said you can't see Smith and Labuschagne failing or, or, or not doing anything um, for another test uh, the bowling unit of Australia is excellent, and so that will be consistently good. And and, and from India's perspective, um, I I do wonder somewhat where the runs are going to continue to come. So I mean, in the first innings of of the the Melbourne Test, uh, without Jadeja's runs down the order, uh, it's probably a different game. Uh, he stuck around, and what did he get? Sixty or seventy? Um, a, a, a lot of those runs with Rahani. Um, I don't know if their top five has somebody who 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 necessarily will be able to stand up um, over over the next two matches. Yeah, well, uh, well step forward, step it, forward, it, it, Pajara. Well, I mean, he's the one, isn't he? The 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 the, the uh, if we're saying that Labuschagne and Smith haven't really done it yet, Pajara hasn't done it for India yet, so he's maybe the the factor that can help India. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do think overall um, Australia just have a little bit more in all facets of the game when playing in Australian conditions. So I, I do expect um, Australia to win at the SCG, but India have shown that they're better than I thought they were away from home, <laughs> to be well, honest. Well, uh, I'll, st- I'll still be rooting for India, so uh, I'm turning into quite the India fan, especially when Kohli's not around. Um, so uh, uh, viva, viva la Rahane is what I'm going to say. Um, all right, well, that uh, kind of sums up that. Um, we'll cover the next test on the next podcast. Um where do you want to go next? New Zealand or South Africa? Or well, I, I need a glass of water. So how about we take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll do both of those. New Zealand, Pakistan and South Africa v Sri Lanka. Bonanza. Let's um, move on then to the, to the other match that took place in, in the Antipodes. Um, and po- possibly the biggest piece of news in the world game 
this week. Um, in, tr- in true cricket podcast style, we've gone with um, what's popular. But I, I-, I think uh, <laughs> when cricket historians or whatever look back over 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 the game in uh, in a decade or a hundred years, or whatever, they, they, they this news will be more momentous than um, Rahani's century and, and so on. Um, I am, of course, talking about the new team at the top of the World Test Rankings, New Zealand. Um, Ross, what do you think about that? Uh, thoroughly deserved, I think. I think for the last, what, two two years especially, they've looked incredible at home. Um, but just like m- most Test teams do, they seem to win at home all of the time. <laughs> Um, but their their lineup is brilliant. They, everyone is um, everyone knows their roles. Obviously, the heartbreak of England winning the World Cup is still ingrained in there. But for Test cricket, they look incredible, um, and they've got a level of commitment that um, I just don't see in some of the other teams. And that was personified by Neil Wagner's fractured toe and him then bowling his heart out to take what two for fifty. So uh, yeah, I'm yes. pretty impressed by New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so New Zealand, they made it to number one. They, I think they needed Australia to lose a test and they needed to win one. And obviously the stars aligned um, and they got one over um, their old enemy um, when they they did eventually beat Pakistan in the first of the two tests they're playing against each other. Um, they left it pretty late. <laughs> they won by 100 runs. Uh, on the last day, though, it took 85.3 overs. Um, of the of the scheduled ninety for for um, New Zealand to take uh, the tenth wicket they needed, and Pakistan starting that day three wickets down. So it was reasonably attritional stuff. Um, should we roll back a little bit earlier in the game though? Because I, I I think we did we mentioned him a little bit earlier in the show. Um, but this win once again was set up by the their talisman. Um, their captain and their leader, uh, Kane Williamson, who who reeled off another hundred, um, was involved in a couple of uh, century partnerships on day one as well, um, and and really he set the game up for New Zealand um, well, by lunch on on day two, uh, uh, if not before. He's really in the form of his life, isn't he, Ross? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because there was a bit um, what two about two years ago where it was kind of Virat Kohli, Steve Smith. Kane Williamson, uh, Joe Root was kind of put in there by England fans, <laughs> and which is fair. Joe Root is, I think, he scored the second most runs over the decade in Test cricket, so that's it's pretty good going from Joe Root. Um, but it's quite interesting now where that the, what that level is, and it seems that Virat Kohli's gone up a level, Steve Smith's gone up a level, but Kane Williamson has been consistent throughout. He's all he's as you say, he is their leader, and. It, he he is different gravy for me. He is currently in in my head probably the best batsman out there. If there was to be one person I want in my team in Test cricket, it is Kane Williamson. I suppose. I mean, I mean, I think based on based on the last well couple of months or so, uh, if if not year, um, he he really has been uh, the business. Anyway, so so New Zealand they they reeled off um, a load of runs, um, and then and then they they. They bowled like this. I've in my notes. I've compared it to an anaconda-like bowling performance. Um, Pakistan basically couldn't score a run. I think at one point they were they were five down for eighty or fifty-two overs, or it was something in that ballpark. I mean, eventually Fahim and Rizwan got to got together and um, and they broke through the two runs and over barrier uh, late <laughs> late in the innings, but. Um, I mean, if Williamson and Taylor and uh, and Latham and Blundell are, are, the, are the are the batting unit that's so devastating at home, you really have to praise this bowling this bowling lineup. I mean, it's it's basically four paces now who are all really hard to get away and all also a threat. Uh, Kyle Jameson's taken this bowling team or this bowling core to to a slightly higher level, and I, I think we were just talking about Australia and how good they are. I I, I would say. This New Zealand pace attack might be the best in the world. Is that is that hyperbolic, Ross? I don't think. I think, like I said, that I think the key bit in any team sport is for everybody to know their role and be able to nail that role consistently. Um, I think they could do with a better spinner. I don't think Mitchell Santner is the best spinner in the world, but again, because of the way the others bowl, he gets the opportunity. as a bit of leeway, really. Um, I think the only thing on the downside is similar to England's is that Tim Southie. And Trent Bolt are kind of—they're increasingly older, aren't they? Especially that's Tim what happens Southie. with age, isn't it? Yeah, it just keeps going up. <laughs> Every day they get older. It's unbelievable. Um, but for for this, it's just going. Well, I think Tim Southie took his three hundredth wicket in Test cricket. 
Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so they've clearly got class, and I mean, even Kay Williamson was throwing down some twirlers. So uh, they're they're a pretty good <laughs> unit. I think. Um, I think they might struggle potentially if they went and played in kind of India or Pakistan. I think actually playing on those surfaces, you'd need something a little bit different. But actually going to play in Australia, going to play in the West Indies, going to play in South Africa or England, they're going to be a pretty handy prospect. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, so after they sort of they bowled well, uh, I mean, we, we probably should actually mention the, a couple of good Pakistan performances at this point. Um, so Fahim and Rizwan, um, they did manage to get uh, Pakistan beyond the follow-on mark, which looked out of their reach. When I, what did I say? They were 80, 80 for five or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, New Zealand, I think, probably would have batted again anyway, and they did. And and it set up a game where Pakistan either needed to score three hundred and seventy odd over four sessions, or they needed to bat out four sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't start that well for Pakistan. They ended ended day four three wickets down, and I, I think at that point most people had written off um, Pakistan. But again. Another good Pakistani performance, Fawad Alam with his uh, Chanda Paul on steroids batting technique, uh, managed to manage to score a, his his first century for about four thousand five hundred days or something like that in Test cricket, and um, and and took the game to the final five overs. What do you think of um, of Pakistan's fight there? Were you surprised that they um, that they did stick around? No, I, I think uh, we're fans of Pakistan on the show. Um, we, we never know what's going to happen with them, and we love that lottery approach. Um, Mohammad Rizwan is, I don't know, he's impossible not to like. I think he's just got that energy behind the stumps, and he's got just something about him where he's a bit of a fighter. And we saw that when England played Pakistan earlier in the summer in 2020. Um, so not not surprised, and... If you've got such an elaborate and kind of extravagant trigger as Fawad Alam does, you've got to have some pretty good talent to back it up, I think. And it was nice to see actually someone, what I think it's 88 test matches that had been and passed between his first one and the latest one. So uh, fair play to him, really. Um, but ultimately, yeah. it, it, it wasn't enough, was it? So Just to back up that kind of Rizwan point, he does... He is a bit mad, I think. Apparently, um, when he went out to bat with Alam uh, on the morning of day five, uh, the plan that him and Fawad Alam spoke about was to each face 250 250 to 300 balls each and then see where they were, (laughs) which which is a pretty bold statement. Um, when you're just walking the crease, it's not let's do this and over at a time. It's like no, we're just going to look at the bigger picture. Um, face 250 balls each. Let's not each, not even talk to each other mm-hmm. until we've seen 250 balls each. Like and and you know what? I mean, it, it it was a big plan and and it almost worked. Um, <laughs> Santner though did did manage to sneak the final two wickets. I mean, like, this is massive, really, for Australia, uh, for New Zealand to be to be the top Test team in the world. It's the first time uh, in there. In their history, that they they've managed it. Uh, how how deserving of it do you think they are, Ross? I mean, are are they? I think it's fair to say they're probably the best ever New Zealand Test team. Mm-hmm. Um, where do they rank among some of the more recent number ones that we've seen? If we go back to say, uh, let's say, go back to England in in 2010. So over the last decade, how good are this New Zealand team? Yeah, I think, I think as, a, as I touched upon earlier, I think that everyone knows their role. I think they've got some great players in there. Um, I'm just not sure about the longevity of it. Like all these, all these things, things it does run out. Um, but I, I don't know when it comes to if, if you were to put the 2010 England side, I think they'd beat this. It'd be a good game, but I think they'd beat them. Um, I think the Australians of the early 2000s would beat them, etc. They're not going to go down as an all-time great side. Um, and I also think they are helped at the moment by kind of some of the other teams going through a period of transition, potentially. Um, I think England are kind of in that position. Australia also. Um, India have been pretty good over the last few years as well. Um, but I think the, the the big difference here is that New Zealand don't play five test series. They they they, they mm. play two. They play two or three. They can pick up those points, and it's just, it's it's a little bit difficult. I think we need to see them playing more test cricket um, and see what they're really about. So uh, unfortunately, though, doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think some of the some of their recent form as well is built upon them absolutely dominating Asian teams at home. Uh, so I think I looked this up earlier. I can't remember exactly how many years. It's almost ten years, I think, since a team from Asia came to New Zealand and won. And in the last uh, twelve months, I think they've played Bangladesh at home, India at home, and now Pakistan at home, mm-hmm. uh, which are. 
which are all winnable. Uh, well, clearly, um, they've got a massive advantage there. Um, I, I, I mean, the, the the question now, I suppose, is if if New Zealand do make the the World Test Championship, uh, mm-hmm. which is a possibility. Um, I, I think they need a few results to go their way, but they're going to they're keep winning. I would imagine they'll win next week again against Pakistan and really keep uh, the the New Zealand train rolling. Mm-hmm. If they if they are able to to make that final at Lords v either India or Australia, do you think they have a chance of winning it? Uh, absolutely, I do. I think a lot of their players are coming into their or well, are in their prime, and I think they they would have a good chance of winning it. Um, is, did you see that Australia have been docked points in the World Test Championship? For I their, hadn't seen that. No. Yeah. So for their slow over rate against India, um, they've been Ooh. they've been fined. But all their players have been fined, and they've been docked points in the uh, coveted World Test Championship. So <laughs> advantage India. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. And um, that that that's um, that's you Should we move on to the uh, the, the final of the the or the last of the three tests that we mentioned at the beginning of the show? Uh, Sri Lanka or South Africa v Sri Lanka. Yeah, we should. Um, and this this uh, this was a test series that was in doubt, right? Because I mean, South Africa had kind of ballsed up the coronavirus stuff against England. Um, is it being played in Sri Lanka or being played in South Africa? It's in South Africa. Yeah, that was the the, the problem. Was um, Sri Lanka had doubts about how secure the South African bubble was after England went home. Um, I think as it turned out, England's England's positives turned out to be false positive tests, mm-hmm. um, which which probably reassured Sri Lanka. And I, I think South Africa c- committed to the no barbecue approach, um, <laughs> which which they didn't against England, and was one of the one of the factors that they think let them down uh, in the in the COVID department. Um, <laughs> anyway, that that no. That no barbecue approach does appear to be paying dividends, not only in terms of no positive tests for the South African or Sri Lanka teams, but um, but but in terms of performances on the field for Sri Lanka uh, for South Africa as well. Um, this I, the one thing, the nice thing, and we say this every time we talk about South Africa, it's a much more time zone friendly part of the world to play test matches. So I, I was able to watch, as you probably were as well, I was able to watch a fair chunk of this game. Um, and, you know, at one point it was set up to be a really good test. I think at the end of day one, uh, Sri Lanka were, what, 340 for, for six? Maybe even a, a touch more. They were really going along, uh, almost four and over, um, or if not if not slightly over. And it, and it looked like Sri Lanka had turned up to play. Um, unfortunately, uh, they they suffered two quite important injuries. So they lost um, to Silva, the, the all-rounder. Who who marks probably to bowl a, a fair chunk of the Rovers, and they um, uh, the names escape me, but they lost one of their 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 bowlers. I think maybe one of their opening bowlers um, very early into the South African innings, and this basically meant that Sri Lanka didn't have a bowling unit. So even though they posted four hundred and and um, and and they they looked like uh, they they might be quite a formidable opponent. Uh, they they were kind of powerless to stop South Africa piling on the runs once South Africa had, had got a foothold in their innings. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think really their only chance of winning or even getting a draw from the test was to bowl South Africa out for like two hundred or something like that, and um, and that and that didn't happen. Um, Faf Du Plessis, probably the the story of the game. He notched his highest ever test score before falling on a heartbreaking. 199. Uh, Ross, were you sad to see Faf fall one run short of that coveted double century? Uh, I wasn't actually because he did what every single one of us who plays kind of amateur cricket has done in their past. It looks like they're going to do something like you're either just about to get your high score or something like that. And what does he decide to do? Decides to come down the way. Here's the opportunities to hit a single and get a, get that get that landmark of two hundred, and he comes down to a spinner and gets stumped. I think it was, or, or just no, he, boot, he, boot, he boot tripped it to mid on, yeah, yeah. yeah, And it was just it was such a such an amateur dismissal. It was kind of just reassuring, I think, a little <laughs> bit. Um, so thanks for that, Faf. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit annoying. So I'd watch that because, like, if someone's going to get a double century, you watch the test, even though the test is is effect was effectively over at that point. Mm. Uh, so I spent maybe an hour or two hours watching Faf slowly <laughs> get to two hundred for him to throw it away like that. I was a little bit like, I mean, come on, man, that's um, <laughs> like like do the right thing there. 
Uh, it, it ha- at least it that. wasn't the slowest thing in the world, was it? It was still what nearly two hundred off of what two hundred and sixty balls or something. So yeah, it was. A, it was a reasonably brisk two hundred. Um, it helped obviously because he was bowling, batting against people who just weren't bowlers. Um, Karuna Ratner came on to bowl. Uh, the South African captain, uh, the Sri Lankan captain. He's not a bowler. He's, um, he, is no, he is not a bowler. I'm just, I'm just looking. Through, yeah, I'm looking through these uh, figures here. Okay, got Karuna Ratne six point five going at for thirty six and going over five. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kusal Mendes going at five point eight six off of his seven. Um, yeah, he was trying to bowl leg spin, but I think it might have been his first ever go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'd, uh, it was it was pretty hard to watch. I mean, from the positive pu- uh, point of view. Um, Sri Lanka, they, they racked up basically 400 in the first innings, mm-hmm. which is good. If you're a batting team, 400 if you can get 400 is the benchmark of a good side, I think. If you're able to consistently do that, batting first, you're, you're going to be in a lot of test matches. And yep. um, their debutante leg spinner, uh, Hasaranga, took four wickets in, in, the, well, in the only South African innings. He went for a load of runs, but he still took four wickets mm-hmm. um, and got uh, a bunch himself with the bat in the second innings. Although the game was lost, it's still still like a reasonable debut um, from him. And I, I think there's, there, are, there are some reasons for the Sri Lankan team to be to be optimistic. It's not all doom and gloom. If you lose two bowlers in on a flat pitch... Um, you're always, you're always going to be in a little bit of trouble, aren't you? Well, I, I think they're probably licking their lips at England coming. I think it's, it's a good little sign, really, for them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so that that's all the Test cricket uh, we've we've got for you this week. Uh, unless you can think of anything else, Ross. Uh, nope, I think uh, it's a it's a good round. It's it's great to see that Test cricket is being played, um, and I think it's uh, always great to wake up as I said earlier and actually be like, oh. What's happened in the world of cricket, and it's uh, great content yeah. for this podcast. So obviously, keep. It yeah, going. I think they were they were three in their own ways, three quite good matches. I mean, India v Australia, the probably will take the headlines, but um, New Zealand getting to number one, winning with four overs left in the day, and um, well, I, the South Africa game maybe slightly less good, but had some talking points. <laughs> um, we will take another short break, and then we will be back with the ICC awards of the decade, um, which sounds exciting. <laughs> we love hearing from our listeners so please follow us at the cricket pod on twitter and instagram or if you have a great story like scotty g did about the hayden way matthew hayden's personal website we want to hear about it so from wherever you're from send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show email us on the at gmail.com thank you very much Yes, yeah, so the ICC Awards of the Decade, um, just to clarify this, it was from January 1st, 2011 to October 7th, 2020, is what the, what the bracket is. Um, a bunch of awards that we're going to just quickly rattle through, and then we're going to go through and, um, one, highlight who the winner was, two, highlight who the nominees were, and be like, oh, actually, who could, could they really deserve it a little bit more? Um, and then go through the teams of the decade for the men's cricket in ODIs, tests and T20s. Um, so let's start with the first one, which is um, the male cricketer of the decade, or I think it's the Sir um, Garfield Sobers Award. Um, so this is for performance across all formats. Uh, unsurprisingly, Jack, Virat Kohli won this. Um, yeah, you could um, you you could have guessed that was going to happen, I think. Yeah. The, the, uh, the he's ma- bowled so well in the last <laughs> 10 years that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> As Crick Fizz will tell you, he swings it more than Mitchell Stark, so um, it's pretty oh, impressive. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we do. He also bowls about eighty miles an hour slower than Mitchell Stark. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Virat Kohli, um, much to the chagrin of some fans who don't particularly like him, he scored over twenty thousand runs in that time. He, did, he had a pretty good decade. Yeah, I think I mean, by any measure, that's a good decade. <laughs> he, he had a good decade out, as they'd say. <laughs> That's what um, Just to kind of break that down across the three formats, in Test cricket, he averages 53.6. In ODI cricket, it's 61.8. And in T20 cricket, it's 50.3. Um, I mean, if they're your numbers, you're, you're over the fucking moon, aren't you? You would be disappointed not to win Player of the Decade <laughs> if you put that body of work together, I think. <laughs> Uh, and obviously, he's captain. He's won a number of different trophies, including the Champions Trophy, etc. Um but there was a couple of people. No, who... he didn't, did he? Yeah, Pakistan yeah. won that. Oh, well, what? Yeah, in, t- in 2013. Oh, oh maybe I'm wrong. Maybe well, I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, I thought he hadn't won anything. Oh, anyway, yeah. Anyway. So he's either won a trophy or he hasn't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, fair enough. Uh, but we got Rav, uh, the other nominees were Ravi Ashwin, who we're obviously fans of of the of the pod. Um, Joe Root, uh, Kumar Sangakara, who retired in 2015, so he's, he's he was that good that he played half the decade. Good half decade. Yeah, good half decade. Steve Smith, Ab De Villiers, and then Kane Williamson. Um, so you got obviously the big three as we talked about earlier, or the big four if you like, and then the Messiah himself, Ab De Villiers. Um, but I kind of think that it's probably fair enough that Cody actually wins this one. If it yeah, I, I, I think across all formats, um, he he has been the best. Um, yeah. We like to laugh at Coley, uh, and I'm sure somebody on Twitter will let us know whether he's won that trophy or not <laughs> in in very polite terms. But um, he he is a phenom. Yeah, he is a phenom, and it really has been the decade of Coley. I think. Yeah. Well, if it's been a decade of Coley, the next award, um, or the next three awards, actually mean it has been the decade of um, Alyssa Perry, who um, not only, oh my god, yeah, who not only picked up the female cricketer of the decade award, but also the ODI and T Twenty awards as well. Um, there, there's no comparison here. She is by far and away the world's <laughs> best female cricketer. Like the, yeah, she's well, she scored four thousand, more than four thousand runs, and taken more than two hundred wickets in the decade. That yeah. either one of those is pretty good, um, <laughs> to, to, to be honest. To, 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 do, to do both, you are she is different gravy, Alyssa Perry. Um, and there's not really much more to say on it. That, that she is just so far ahead. Of her, I mean, and the Australia team is so very strong with her. With Meg Lanning's in the side as well. Um, what England would do for Alyssa Perry? Yeah, yeah. Um, indeed, I, I think uh, another another deserving winner. If, so, if it's the decade of Coley in, in in men's cricket, it's definitely the decade of Perry in uh, in women's cricket. It is indeed. Uh, let's move on to so the re- the rest of the categories are kind of focus on the on the male game um, because Alyssa Perry's won everything. Um, Steve Smith has picked up Test cricketer of the decade, uh, playing sixty nine Test matches, scoring seven thousand and forty runs, and an average of 65.79. Unfortunately for me, I've seen 350 of those runs in person. (laughs) Sitting there watching that man bat. And um, he absolutely... And he didn't hit all of those runs against England. Um, But I've got a bit of trivia for you here, Jack. And I've got a question for you. Which England player did he hit for six to bring up his maiden century in 2013-14? Oh wow, two thousand thirteen fourteen. Um, who? Monty Panesar. Uh Incorrect. It was Jonathan Trott. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> so the me. Oh, me- you weren't going to get that in a million years. Um, <laughs> yeah, the old medium wow. doubles of Jonathan Trott smashed straight back down the ground. Um, I think if you look at Steve Smith over that time, he's. He's been incredible, right? He started out as a leg spinner, wasn't good enough to back it as a leg spinner, came in. I think um, he only got his place in the side uh, because someone hadn't done their homework, if I remember that correctly. Like there was some weird... Uh, yeah. Sounds like a Steve Smith thing to do. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Um, but, yeah, he, obviously, England's stall in the side for the last decade um, has been incredible. Um there was a couple of other people, though, who would potentially have taken this. I mean, you've got um, Harath from Sri Lanka, Kohli again with his great record. Um, Roots have been pretty great over the last decade as well. Um, Yasir Shah from Pakistan, Kane Williamson, and then obviously Jimmy Anderson. So I had a look at the nominations, and I did think Anderson had a, had a reasonable shout. Um, he has been excellent for basically a whole decade. Um, I... The the reason I think you probably go with Smith is that Smith, numbers-wise in Test cricket, appears to be the best batsman since Donald Bradman. Um, whereas I don't think, even though Anderson has been great, I think Anderson has peers. I think Dale Stane, probably unlucky not to be on the list of nominees for, for player of the last decade. Yeah, Stuart, um, Stuart Broad uh, as well. Stuart Broad, not, not a million miles behind. Um and even, I mean, it's a smaller sample side, but even like Pat Cummins has, has had a, a good few years towards the end mm-hmm. of the decade. Um, so I, I, I think on the basis of Steve Smith being a freak, you have to give it to Steve Smith. Although it is, it is, it is unfortunate for Anderson, because I think in, in a normal decade where someone hadn't done something like bizarre, basically, 
mm-hmm. um, you you could give it to Anderson. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So when I when I listened back to um, the Gerard Kimber podcast we did a couple of weeks ago, it was um, it was around in Test cricket. It's around the bowlers hunting the batsmen, and whereas in T Twenty cricket, it's about the batsmen hunting the bowlers. And I kind of think Steve Smith was coming up against some pretty good bowling attacks as well over that over that time period. Yeah, um, I, I think this has been a hard decade to bat in. If you mm. look, you can look statistically at batting averages and so on. 2000 to 2010 was a pretty easy decade to bat in. Um, this has been harder than anything since back to the 60s or something like that. It's been a, it's been a tough decade to, to, to bat. And to be better than anyone since, since the dawn... Mm-hmm. Is um is extremely good. Um, yeah, especially when you're having to bat with personality legends such as Dave Warner at the other end. You're doing pretty well. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to ODI cricketer of the decade, uh, Virat Kohli. Unsurprisingly, um, with his 208 games, 10,388 runs at an average of 61.83. Um, and I'm not sure, like his average when chasing is even better than that. Yeah, I think it's obscene. He's an obscene player. Yeah, so um, I mean, and there's some great names in the in the nominee list. You've got MS Dhoni, Malinga, um, uh, Rohit Sharma, Stark, AB De Villiers, and Kumar Sangakkara. Um, <laughs> just to chuck him, I think the ICC were just like, "Oh no, we like him. Go on, let's chuck him in the list." Um, <laughs> well, so, isn't he the uh, head of the MCC or something like that, or or, or whatever it is? Yeah, so he, he, he was. Yeah. They probably need to keep him sweet. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but again, it's just nobody comes close to Virat Kohli on this front. He's just he's an absolute freak and has helped uh, India kind of get to that position. Um, what I did find interesting about that is that the best team in the last decade has been England, really in ODI cricket, or the last at least for the last five years. Yeah, I, I agree with this. I had a look at this and I thought it was odd that um, that nobody had made the list. I, 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 I think maybe because it's a decade thing. They're, so who are England's best players? Um, one, they're they're a little bit of a team, but if you'd say bowling wise, maybe Jofra Archer. Well, he's played for a year, so he can't be he can't be on the list. <laughs> um, batting wise, you know, there's a few that have a shout for it, but but uh, Butler is probably the number one. I I think he made his international debut in late 2013, so he hasn't got a full decade behind him. I still think, and I I would be happy to argue this with someone that Butler should be on that list over Dhoni. Um, so I had a look. If you if you want to put a wicketkeeper on there, I know Dhoni averaged his 50 over the decade. He, he, he has a great decade of work. But Butler averages 40 at a strike rate of 125 or something insane like that. He's, he's playing um, at a super elite level of modern cricket that Dhoni, frankly, isn't. And when, if you've seen Dhoni play in the last five years, um, you, you'd see that, that, that he is playing an, an older form of ODI cricket. So I, I think you could... I, I would argue for Butler to be on that list. Um, and I, I, I think probably unfortunate not to be. Yeah, and as a bit when we look at the ODI team in in a couple of minutes, it'll be a case of um, also Adil Rashid. Adil Rashid has been one of the the key bits of that England lineup and why they are well, they're allowed to be so good. And he's no he's not nowhere to be seen on that nominee list. Um, yeah, so let's move on to T Twenty cricketer of the year of the decade. Sorry, um, and that is Rashid Khan um, of Afghanistan taking eighty nine wickets, um, and his debut was in two thousand fifteen. So he's taken more wickets in five years than anyone across the decade. Um, he's a pretty phenomenal player, as demonstrated across all franchises, I think, um, across the world. Um, however, he has played against some nations quite often that aren't exactly going to be able to play people like Rashid Khan. Um, no offence to any of our Irish listeners on here, but there's no one in Ireland who even is comparable to Rashid Khan, who is learning how to play spin like that. Um, so he's got a bit of an advantage there. Uh, however, that's not to take anything away from him. Um, he's demonstrated at the World Cups. Uh, Aaron Finch, Chris Gale, Virat Kohli, uh, Malinga, Rohit Sharma and Tahir were the other nominees, Jack. Um, I thought it was a bit unfair that this didn't actually go to Lasith Malinga. I think there's a reasonable argument argument for it to have gone to Lasith Malinga. I, I think, in general, a T20 International Player of the Decade award is hard to hand out because a lot of the players that, that would be in the running for it get rested for T20 internationals because people take them slightly less seriously um, a lot of the time and frankly a lot of the best T20 cricket happens outside of the international game so you talk about 
um, Adil Rashid's record against Ireland and, and and so on. And obviously that that does improve his international figures. Um, however, he's still pretty good in the IPL. I mean, I I think what I'm arguing for is the the T20 International Cricket Award of the decade to actually just be the T20 cricket award of the decade because so many franchises play it's the high, it's probably the highest form of domestic cricket I think you can include it in there um, and, and I think bearing all that in mind Rashid Khan still has a a good shout to win um, the award I mean I, I looked at the stats of the other nominees none of them are, are particularly fantastic really I mean Kohli's got a high average but um, so uh, but he, he's I, I, I don't think you say he dominated the the T20 international game I, I, I think it would be better to look across um, the, the top franchise leagues as well as the, the international game for that um, and if you did I think probably the actual best player of the decade is Chris Gale yeah, Chris Gale has been phenomenal, hasn't he? Really, and <laughs> even even he's only he's only played um, thirty four matches and yet still scored over a thousand runs at a strike rate of one hundred and forty one point nine. So yeah, he's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's what I think on that. I mean, I, I, I but I'm not I'm not disappointed with it. I I think the other thing with um they they classify if you want to get nerdy about it, the ICC classify T Twenty internationals slightly differently. So um, all T20 internationals count the same. Um, it doesn't matter how far down the rankings you go. And if you're going to do that, you have to kind of accept that a player from Afghanistan might take 50 wickets against Holland, Ireland, UAE, I don't know, who else? Like the, that, 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 that category of team. Um, because they play them more. If, if they were playing five-match T20 international series against England all the time, um, then then it would be great. But that's not how the calendar works. So uh, I think you're kind of in, in a situation where a guy who takes 89 wickets in half a decade and averages 12 with the ball um, sort of demands to be to be yeah. picked as your player of the decade. <laughs> yeah, 12's not a bad thing. Uh, OK, let's move on to the spirit of Cricket Awards. Um Unsurprisingly, so I just want to understand the the voting for this. So there's a bunch of journalists. I think ninety percent of the votes go to like journalists and board members or whatever, and then ten percent of it goes to fans. Um, so it's unsurprising that um, the Virat Kohli has won this. No, I'm joking. It's MS Dhoni <laughs> has uh, won the Spirit of Cricket Award um, for calling Pod favourite Ian Bell back out when uh, he was well, what, he was run out when he thought he'd hit a boundary in 2000. Yeah, he walked off for lunch too early, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and the ball hadn't gone for four. And yeah, I don't know if he thought it had or if he thought over had been called. Wherever it was, it was there was a bit of a mix up. Probably Bell should have been out, um, but people booed a lot. And um, Dhoni let him carry on batting, and um, and 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 now he's the best spirit of cricket person of the decade. Um, I think it fits, right? It fits as well. The ICC also recognised that their brand and Dhoni's been a massive part of their like cricket's brand for the last what decade as so well. you're saying he had to win something he had to win something it's, it's like he had it's to like, be in all the teams and he had to win something yeah you know, he had to be one of those things where he's like the manager's son like that's, that's <laughs> the bit here like, he, had, he had to go to the awards night and the manager had to be like oh i can't not show my son that i love him so much at this award ceremony so there you go ms Dhoni. um the other two awards uh, were for associate players of the year in carl kurtzer um, I'm definitely saying that wrong and Catherine Bryce uh, both of the Scotland national teams for both male and female um, let's move on to the teams of the decade and this is where there's a I'm just going to run through the list and then I've got four or five people who I think that should be in each of those um, let's start with the test Alistair Cook and David Warner opening up Kane Williamson at three Virat Kohli at four Steve Smith at five Sankara in at six. Ben Stokes, the best number seven you're ever going to see in Test cricket. Um, Ravi Ashwin, eight. Dale Stane, nine. Stuart Broad, ten. And Jimmy Anderson, eleven. Um, it's a pretty formidable team, that. It's not bad. It isn't bad. Yeah, you there's... have to say that's pretty, pretty handy. Handy, yeah. handy lineup. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that whole uh, what almost everyone on that team averages fifty, uh, mm-hmm. apart from Cook and Stokes. Uh, Stokes is batting seven. Cook opened the batting in England, which is <laughs> worth probably fifteen runs on your average, to be honest. Yeah, also, uh, <laughs> yeah it's also so, the most runs of any, any opening batsman, right? Uh, also, yeah. in- interesting here that uh, there's four people um, that I think are definitely there or there, but they're in the squad. I reckon these guys are in the yeah, squad. Okay, yeah. uh, Hashim Amla. He's definitely yeah, there, yeah. There's there a reasonable shout for Ashmi Amla. 
Uh, Joe Root, who scored the second most runs in the decade in Test cricket, doesn't find himself in that side. Um, I'm not sure who would be in there ahead of, though. Uh, you could have no, he wouldn't be. Yeah, you could you could have Sangakara opening up instead of Dave Warner, and you could have Joe Root in there. But um, let's not go into the yeah. um, Yunus Khan of Pakistan, um, yeah. who's been a stalwart of their batting lineup for pretty much the last sixty years. Actually, Yunus Khan. Um, and, <laughs> And then, I've, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Nathan Lyon has been phenomenal over the last decade for Australia. So Be- um, Better than Ravi Ashwin? Not better than Ravi Ashwin, no. No, well, that's the... That's the I think that's the problem with uh, Amler and Root. Um, they have had great decades and great careers, but mm. if, you're, if, you're, if you're three, four and five are Williamson, Coley and Smith... How it's, it's really quite hard to get in there. I mean, yeah, maybe you, you shuffle around Sagakara, but then you haven't got a wicketkeeper, so you, 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 you're going to have to pick a wicketkeeper. Um, yeah, it's, it is tough. Um, but I think I think that one is there or thereabouts, if I'm perfectly honest. I think yep. they've actually done a pretty yeah, good I, job. Yeah, I would that. agree with that. I like that team. Um, ODI, we've got Rohit Sharma and Dave Warner opening up. Virat Kohli in at three. AB De Villiers at four. Shakib Al-Hassan at five. Um, MS Dhoni... Six Stokes again at seven. Mitchell Stark, Trent Bolt, uh, Imran Tahir, and Lassif Malinga. Um, what are your thoughts on this? So on this one, I, until I saw his name down there, I, I on the nominations for um, the, there are a couple of inconsistencies here, aren't there? Before you you do your bit between the players of the decade and the players they've selected for the team of the decade. Am I right in saying Sangakara was a nominee for for ODI? Um, yeah, uh, player of the decade. He doesn't make the team, which is no. <laughs> which is a, a little bit harsh. <laughs> um, uh, I I think Shakib Alassane uh, was probably unlucky not to be nominated for player of the decade, as he basically is the Bangladesh team. Yeah, um, but I think this comes think... down to again to an ICC branding thing. They can't be associated with someone who's been done for match fixing or not reporting match fixing. Well, they'll they happily make Steve Smith their Test Player of the Decade, despite him sitting out a year for tampering with the ball. Don't, so Dave, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, everyone tampers with the ball, but it's still cheating. Dave Warner's in both these sides, so who knows? What they're... <laughs> who knows? Um, but what, what I also found interesting around this is that um, there's not too many England players in it, and again, like I know we are. We are England fans. I know this is kind of we record this in England, um, but I think Adil Rashid is a better spin bowler than Imran Tahir. Um, I think there's a, an argument to be made for that. Um, uh, Imran Tahir did have a few good years. Um, yeah, I'm, I should I'm, completely I'm, yeah. write him off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, then you've obviously got the, the, some of the ODI batsmen. I mean, Johnny Bairstow has been incredible. Owen Morgan has been incredible over that time period. Um, but then also someone like Ross Taylor from New Zealand, who actually doesn't find himself in mm. any of these sides, but is also has played, has played 100 games in each format. So <laughs> He's been pretty good. He has been pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think... I, I think, and I'm sorry, India fans, I think the obvious one is MS Dhoni for Joss Butler, if mm-hmm. you were going to make that team better. Um, and I don't know if you need Stokes batting seven in your ODI team of the decade. <laughs> uh, uh, you could maybe maybe switch Stokes for, mm-hmm. for uh, I don't know, another batter or something. But I, I, yeah, it's not it's not a million miles away. Uh, it, would, it, would, it would be pretty competitive, I think, that team um, yeah. in, in a World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've got too many bits and pieces players in there, have you? Uh, no. Anyway, quite a lot of personalities. I can see there being some big, big time dressing room bust ups. Oh yeah, they, um, they've said that uh, ODI coach of the year is uh, Kevin Peterson, actually, so he could lead <laughs> lead that. Um, uh, <laughs> and then, well, let's move on. Finally, and wrap up the show after this one um, is the T Twenty team of the decade: um, Rohit Sharma and Chris Gale opening up. Um, Aaron Finch at three, Virat Kohli at four. A.B. De Villiers at five. Glenn Maxwell at uh, seven, is that? Six. Yep, six. Uh, and then M.S. Dhoni again in the T20 side here. Kieran Pollard, Rashid Khan, Jasper Bumra, and Lassith Malinga. Um, so this is where I do have a couple of different things here. So over the decade, uh, obviously, the West Indies have been just a different. Like, they were they were incredible. They won, was it, did they won two of the World Cups? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um so I think it's a bit harsh that someone, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, that Marlon Samuels isn't in this side. Marlon Samuels <laughs> I, I, I actually thought that myself, that it was a bit a bit harsh on Marlon Samuels that he... Um, I think Mar- Marlon Samuels, the problem with him, he has his star shone too bright for, for too short a period of time. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I think this is the nature of T20 in a sense, is that it, it doesn't, in, in an individual game, and if you're building a team, you don't necessarily want the most consistent players. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you necessarily want Virat Kohli in your side? You, you actually want Marlon Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> People who can do insane stuff, they just don't do it every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, I- so, yeah, I... I, I I don't necessarily love this. I mean, I think the bowling, the, the three bowlers are all right. Um, I don't know where where the rest of the bowling is coming from. There's a there's, Pollard's in as the fourth bowler in that team, and then I presume Glenn Maxwell is going to bowl. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they they might be thinking that Chris Gale could bowl his twirlers as well here. <laughs> a um, bit, that's well, a bit thin on the ground. You probably want to sort that out. Um, uh, so I've got I've got a couple of people who are missing here. So obviously there's J- Joss Butler, who I think should be in the majority of this. But um, Shane Watson uh, has been incredible. Over yeah, the last Shane Watson decades. should definitely be in there. Shane Watson should be in there above Rohit Sharma, I think. Uh, and then out of all of this, and this isn't me just going onto the different parts of the internet to find it, because we've got Indian fans, we've got a bit of balance of Pakistan fans. But where are the Pakistan players? Like where are I didn't they? Think, where's Baba Azam? Baba yeah, Azam was like. Best player in the world for two years, and I oh, we're going to stick Aaron Finch in at three. Yeah, <laughs> so he's not there. Um, you've got Umar Ghul, who is still ranked according to the ICC rankings as the best ever T20 bowler. Nowhere to be seen in any of it. Not even a nominee. Um, Shahid Afridi, like Mister, like boom boom, and he's not here. Um, I think Pakistan could be sitting there going, "Do you know what?" That buy straight into the BCCI have got their fucking mitts all over this, and I, I think they're a bit hard done by. Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, having four India players in the T Twenty international team of the decade is wrong. Yeah, that's, it's that's... fundamentally wrong. <laughs> and you're too light on West Indies players, and you're probably too light on Pakistan players. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least MS is yeah. in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you more there. <laughs> Just give AB de Villiers the gloves. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, it's, as, as you said at the top of the show, it is beautifully free content for the, for this podcast. And yeah. uh, it's one of those things where I'm glad they've done it because it's uh, it's good to recognise some of these talents. Um, I just wish there was... Um, yeah, maybe not more categories, but maybe um, yeah, some better thinking goes into it next time. But never mind. We'll, we'll see what happens in 2030. Yeah, great. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we've got for this show. We will be back again next week. Maybe maybe slightly earlier next week. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much for listening. Ross, is there anything our listeners need to be reminded of one more time before we end the show? Follow us at The Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram and leave us a review and share with a friend on iTunes or any podcast platform. Great. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. <laughs>